podcast. My name is Steven Guzman. I'm your host. I am joined by my very good friend, Linda Robel, the mistress of magnificence, otherwise known as mom. It's episode 259 of the Engaged Family wow. podcast. Uh, this is our third week streaming our podcast live on twitch.tv slash Engaged Family Gaming. Uh, you can... The, we're still following all the rules. It's going up live on. Uh, it is going up live on audio services, your your iTunes, your Google Plays, etc. But if you want to watch us live and see how the sausage is made, you are absolutely welcome. In fact, encouraged to come on over and watch us on Tuesday nights. It's not the only show we do here on Twitch. Uh, TV slash Engage Family Gaming. I also stream World of Warcraft on Mondays, which is all sorts of fun. And uh, we've even attracted a small group of people who don't play World of Warcraft who watch us play, Linda. I'm not really? saying you should join us, <laughs> but it's mainly Mega Mom. So, I mean, to, I mean, she is the... EFC She's our fan. most amazing super fan. Yeah. She is our most amazing super fan. Um, so, uh, and then on Thursday, we have the EFG show with myself and Jeff Walker from the Frozen North. And that's where we recap all of the big video game news. Spoiler alert, this week, Jeff and I are going to talk all about how E3 is coming back. But before that's that... That's big news. That is very big news. Don't worry, Linda. We're not going to LA. So... Uh, Thank you. <laughs> largely because no one is. But but we're just when in, when we would be going to L.A., we're just going to crash your house. So um, I'm sure you're much happier with that anyway. <laughs> but before we get to all that, before we do other shows, we got to do board game week. And so it's you and me. Yeah. Amanda is taking the week off because she has a whole bunch of stuff to do on her own streams and content. Virtual economy podcast. Very busy this week. So it's it is the two of us. And we've kind of got a lot of stuff going on day. Literally today, the winners of the American Tabletop Awards were announced. That's pretty cool. Uh, we managed to play a few of them, but we are at least vaguely aware of many of them. And right. so we're going to talk about those and share some of our thoughts on them. Very excited that the American Tabletop Awards are kind of starting to take off because they were, they've been moving kind of slow over the last couple of years. And now, I mean, there's something I look forward to every spring, and so we'll be talking about that. And also, I have a new Magic the Gathering set to talk about, and so Linda is not super excited about the Red Mana, Blue Mana counterspell. However, um, <laughs> I think that Linda would actually be somewhat interested in the story for this one, so we're going to see whether or not I can pitch a Magic the Gathering setting to Linda and uh, <laughs> see if she will be at all interested. Okay. Linda, before we talk about our topics, we always go around the horn and you have a game to talk to us about. Linda, what did you play? We finally got the game The Crew to the table. And I just played it with the two boys. And I was a little nervous because Eli's only eight. I mean, he's almost nine, but he's still eight. And the game's recommended for 10 and up. Okay. But he did great. Okay. And the other thing that was challenging, so this is a trick-taking game. The boys have never played a trick-taking game until now. So I had to teach them the whole mechanic of trick-taking. And honestly, this was a great game to do that because the cards are very clear. There's a couple, just a couple different colors and numbers, and they're big enough, you know, 12 and almost 9. They understand higher cards win. And yeah. they understand that one suit will trump another one. And, you know, so it was easy enough rules, you know, even though it was a new mechanic for them, they picked it right up being, you know, the game experience definitely helped a bit on that. 
Um, and really, so we played the first, I think three, let me check. I have to check our book to look at how far we got. Yeah, it looks like we got the first couple encounters down. So what the crew is, for those that have not heard, um, there's been a ton of talk about the crew because it did one win um, the Spiel de Jar um, for last year. And it's, um, so it's a trick-taking game, but you are completing missions. So every mission has little tweaks to what you need to do to win. And it every encounter is different, and there's a story that goes with it. So you read, there's a rule book, but on the other side, it's also got the log book, and it tells the story. So you read each section with the story, and they're just brief passages. It's not anything crazy. But you go through... And to, use, to set it up, depending on how that mission needs to be completed, whatever the objective is, and then you go through and you're collecting cards as you're doing trick-taking. And the tricky thing is, literally, with the trick-taking is that sometimes you need certain people to collect something specific first. And that's kind of how it breaks down. There's a bunch of different ways it plays. The first one or two uh, missions... It's literally just, they're very simple. So it builds. Um, and I don't want to say too much about each mission because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but it's just really great. And the what you're doing kind of goes along with what the story is telling loosely. Um, but it gets more complicated. Like I said, we only did the first couple. And the boys really enjoyed it. And because those first hands are so easy, we probably played the first three missions in... 20, 25 minutes. So it was really fast. But there's 50 missions. So if you play the whole thing, obviously you would do it over time. Sure. So they're excited to play again. Awesome. Yeah. So that is certainly a game that's going to be relevant when we talk about our later topics. Uh, I guess that's what we call a spoiler in the biz. So so that is the crew. That's currently readily available, right? I mean, it's just a a small card game. I don't think that game is going to go out of print. Not anytime soon. It's very popular. I mean, it's inexpensive too. Like this is the size of the box. It's yeah, it's pretty small, bucks, pretty portable. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, We're real good price. So bucks. yeah, from Cosmos and uh, three to five players, and it says twenty minutes. I would assume that's further in when you get into some of the more complicated um, scenarios. Sure, it might be twenty minutes, but ours were. <laughs> The first, I think the first, the first mission was three minutes. It took us longer to learn the game. Sure. That sounds, great. that been. sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. That's a great, that is a great little game in a small package. And again, that's a little bit of a spoiler. We'll talk about that all later. So I have a little bit of show and tell. I think I'm just accepting my niche that I am the role playing <laughs> game guy. And I guess that makes sense being that I am our permanent dungeon master. So I have two books that have come in that I want to bring and really I'm highlighting this whole company. I'm going to show more stuff as they uh, as their stuff comes in. However, it's a company called Loresmith. Loresmith writes a uh, really they write system agnostic role-playing game supplements. They're designed with 5th edition in mind, D&D 5th edition. However, uh, most of the stuff they write is story and description. And uh, so there are two books that I have uh, that I was very excited to get in. One of them is called Remarkable Inns and Their Wares, or and Their Drinks, rather. And the other is Remarkable Shops and Their Wares. 
And so each of these books, they the best thing to do is to buy them as a bundle off of their website. It is $50, but you get both of these books, which is a pretty, from my perspective, it's a great value, especially if you are a dungeon master. And the reason for that is this. For me, I improvise a lot of my Dungeons and Dragons games. We've talked about this, Linda. I am, you know, constantly kind of having to fly by the seat of my pants. And I suspect, you know, some people have to do that more. I have the advantage right now of doing a lot that comes out of a book because we're running where we are playing like a real, you know, Dungeons and Dragons official campaign. But we're going to be venturing outside of that relatively soon. What is really cool about these two books is the first half of each book is a list of eight specific locations, specific inns, specific locations, their patrons, their uh, the people who work there, and just so much texture around what is what it's like to go there and what kind of adventures and misadventures you could have while being at that place to the point where you could build some of them. There's one of them in the remarkable shops that's like this bizarre built into like an uh, it's like a series of tents underneath a massive outcropping of rocks, like in this massive desert. So like everybody goes there and it's wild and you could run adventures in there forever you know and so that's the first part that I really like and that's you know for people who really like to just get into and just have ideas given to them the other piece that I really like for both of them is the second half of each book which are all about adding flavor and so for me as someone who improvises a lot. One of the problems that I always have is that a lot of my inns and shops and shopkeepers are all basically the same. And, you know, sometimes the shopkeepers are a little bit different because I'll do a funny voice or something dumb, but a lot of times they are the same. And so here, the shops and the inns, they actually give you a number of different ways to very quickly, you could roll dice if you needed to, or just kind of make an arbitrary decision and determine like their quality. So for example, you know, a shop in a rich part of town would be different than a shop in a poor part of a major city. So for example, you know, a dollar store is different than Target, which is different than Coach, right? And very different. So, you know, and some of it could be you might go to a very like a, a place that is kind of bougie, right? And they may have this awesome, perfect item, but they might only have one. Whereas you might be able to find a lot of, you know, a more value item at a smaller place, right? That is right. that makes sense. Um, the workers might know where stuff is at two of the shops. Gives you the idea that if you go into a shop that is kind of run down, that doesn't make a lot of money, that has a a, a, a one person working who doesn't want to be there, uh, you. <laughs> It, it gives you a different experience than if you go to a quaint little cottage shop where they they make potions and it's the one the one lady who maybe she doesn't make a lot of money but the things she makes are perfect because right. that's her that's her thing right um, and it it's, adds so all deep, this right? different texture mm-hmm. as opposed to it's a shop hey just whatever look at the player's handbook it's not the equipment right. thing they only have stuff up to two gold or something like that and so I think that is really awesome that's really what Lore Smith is all about and what's great is for the most part these are story ideas and 
as long as you're playing a, as long as you are playing in a system that has generally sword and sorcery fantasy races, you know, elves and dwarves and, you know, whatever, then all this stuff will work. I think this is perfect for people playing fifth edition. I would recommend this for just about any dungeon master. And I, and honestly, I think that these are great for young players that want to, that are really trying to get into dungeon mastering, even if they only read one of them and get to the back where it really talks about like the different kinds of places that you can visit because some of those same rules about you know how much money flows through there what are the people like and how is it maintained that can kind of flow through everything they do so especially if they're kind of good at extrapolating so yeah lore smith remarkable shops uh, remarkable inns. Uh, the thing I really like about remarkable inns is they have stats for food that you can eat that gives you buffs. Oh, that's which cool. Spoilers, I will be using because I <laughs> think it is awesome. And um, in the remarkable shops, that's a whole bunch, whole thing on magic items. So if you that's like magic really cool. items, remarkable shops is in there and it's got a lot of wacky shenanigans. And I do love me some wacky shenanigan items. Linda knows this firsthand. Totally true. So, those are my two show and tells. And I've been looking forward to sharing these for a while. So, Those are pretty uh, cool. They are pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with them. So it has been a long time since I've been able to play a board game. We did, on this recent holiday, uh, come into possession of a few new board games that hopefully uh, my oldest and I will be able to play. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures on Facebook, Linda, but we did come into possession of Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. I did see so, that. My oldest and I are eyeing that one. And Pandemic Hot, uh, Hot Zone came into the house, too. And I thought it was going to be very different from actual Pandemic, but I think it's really just Pandemic. But we're going to find that out soon, too. You'll have to report back on how it's same and different. On, we will report back yeah. on both of those. Okay. So, you know what time yes. it is. What time is it, Steve? It's time for a uh, word <laughs> fill-in puzzle. Aha. So, legally, I still don't know if I can call them what we call them. I'm, I, at this point, guys, let's be honest, I'm never going to call an attorney on this one because it's, the, it's part of the bit. So, I am going to ask you, Linda, for – I'm going to ask you to provide me some words. Mega Mom, welcome okay. to the show. I am also going to ask Mega Mom and other people in the chat to help. So for sake of information, Mega Mom, I would like from you a type of food, a type of animal, plural, and an occupation. Thank you. I have the three words from Mega Mom, pierogi, rabbits, and accountant. Thank you very much. Okay. Linda, I would like you to start with a noun. Lamp. Lamp. And next is a plural noun. Plural noun. Notebooks. I'm going to have your husband start like putting random stuff in your room. So you have, so, uh, so I'm it's sorry. Like I have a different perspective today. It, you have a, your, the, your set is uh, very set good. Is I really like it. I'm trying. Next is a person in the room. So we can I just say, I'm, so you are the only person in the room. I'm the only person in the room. You can use my name or so we we'll can do use. Linda. Linda. You want to do it? All right. I'm in the, the I'm in the word fill in puzzle. I'm famous. And a verb, please. Verb. I'm trying to think an action. What do I want to do for an action? Talking. Or talk, if you need singular or without the modifier. All right. Okay. So next, I would like a adjective. Crunchy. All right. 
a all right so plural noun is, and another oh um nope uh so she gave me oh you're filling those other i'm trying ones. to see so she gave me pierogies rabbits and an accountant okay and then i would like a noun noun truck sure and then a part of the body. I'm trying to think because we had some parts of the body last time. I'm trying to be creative with something different. How about collarbone or collar? I don't know if that works. <laughs> the point is that they don't work. Um, I'm going to use collarbone because you said that first. Uh, <laughs> I need a noun. Noun. Backpack. And I would like a plural noun. Oh, lots of nouns in this one. I know. Um, oh, I'm going to go thematic with our what we're doing today. Games. Sure. Why not? It's making stuff up. And another plural noun. Wow. Lots of plural nouns. Um, Fish. (laughs) I love those animals that are plural. (laughs) Um, I would like a adverb. Adverb. Towards. I'm sorry. What? Towards? Towards. Towards. Okay, yeah. This is Steve in the audio booth. I know towards is an adverb because it modifies a verb because you move towards something, you jump towards something, you leap towards something. <sighs> yeah. All right. You got me. Back to the show. Oh, it is according to the Google. Towards is a preposition. I, all right. Because I literally, I had my mind went blank, so I cheated and I did the Google for adverbs and that came up as an example. <laughs> Towards is a preposition. Preposition. Okay, so my grammar here. failed. That's okay. You just That's all right. you, know, you looked it up on a list and fine. trusted the list. The internet. I let did you trust down. the list. Adverbs are ly words. Okay, so like awkwardly. Like yes, like when you awkwardly <laughs> try to awkwardly. use a preposition. In I place did of an awkwardly adverb. try to do it, and I failed. The English major made a oops, whoops. That's all right. That's all right. You were on camera. That makes it complicated. I'll be honest. My mind went completely blank. It's all right. By the way, I have an ancient book in my cupboard at work that literally is for when your mind goes blank. It's just a book of words in different categories. I dig that. So lastly, I would like mm-hmm. I have. Well, actually, I can't say lastly. There's three more. Um, I would like a silly word. I would like the chat to provide me with a type of liquid. So you okay. Give me a silly word. A silly word. Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Okay. I'm going to write that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to write that. You're not going to write the whole thing. I don't tell everybody that. All right. Mega mom says juice. And I would like a noun and then we will be all done. And then it's time for me to do my dramatic reading. All right. So our final noun, mat. Mat? The game mat. Sure. Okay. All right. Ready for the dramatic reading? Time for our dramatic reading. This is the part where I read our word fill-in puzzle in my best voice actor (laughs) voice. This is my audition. So... The best lamp I ever grew. Oh, by the way, the uh, subject is my. This is in the Dungeons and Dragons officially licensed word fill in puzzle book. It is my favorite character. The best lamp I ever created for Dungeons and Notebooks was Linda Felder Talk, whose alignment was chaotic crunchy. Linda was a friend to all games and I had a short truck, but a big collarbone. She came from a village named Backpack Dell. Loved to eat raw pierogi 
<laughs> and was a local hero who saved rabbits from raiding hordes of sentient fish. <laughs> this definitely sounds like a character history that would have been turned in at, at least one of the LARPs that we played. At uh, least. One time, a warlock kidnapped her while she was on a mission to save the town accountant. Fortunately, she awkwardly <laughs> escaped. Thanks to supercalifragilistic expialidocious, her trusty mat with a thick mane. Of course, being able to control juice with her mind made her daring escape that much easier. So, okay, Linda, that, uh, I'm going to be honest, Linda Felder talk, <laughs> not a bad Dungeons and Dragons character name. Nope. Uh, I want to know what chaotic crunchy is, um, but we'll, we'll we will have to discuss that <laughs> at a later date. So we say thank you very much to the chat and Linda. Thank you for being a good sport, even uh, and and for not uh, getting mad when I corrected your grammar. It's fine. I had to go to the internet, so I'll blame the internet for yeah, my failures. The internet definitely let it you tried. down. It did. I tried really yeah, hard to be subtle and sneaky. <laughs> That's perfect, though. Uh, chaotic crunchy, according to Mega Mom character, crunch, chaotic crunchy is a goblin alignment. I hundred percent believe that. So, um. Good show. We did our word fill-in puzzle. We went around the horn. I guess now it's time to actually do our work. Uh, I'm going to do mine first, and then we're going to finish up talking about the American Tabletop Awards for 2021. So every two months or so, uh, Magic the Gathering has a new set that comes out. It's pretty much it's like clockwork at this point. They put out about four a year. Um, and so it is, uh, we are here. It is spoiler season for Magic the Gathering Strixhaven, which is the newest set. Uh, this Strixhaven School of Mages is the name of the set. And wouldn't you know, it is about an interplanar college where people go and they get sorted into, I don't want to call them houses. They're different schools, but come on, guys, they're houses. And they all have different <laughs> themes and they're all different color combinations. And I think it's really freaking cool. So the so the world, avoiding all like the, the I'm not going to give spell names and the, the one red and the two blue. I'm not going to do that. One thing that is very cool about this set, because this is all about a school for spells, right? These are wizards who go out and they investigate magic and they try and, you know, do cool, powerful stuff. One of the things that they are doing is in these sets, they are releasing as part of like just the regular old packs that you buy special collector's edition with like unique art and everything cards from magic history, meaning cards that would not be printed that are not legal in standard. I know that doesn't mean a lot to you, Linda, but only a little. Know, I've, it I've been around you nerds for a while. <laughs> so they're like, for example, lightning bolt, which is a card that they would never print in modern standard um, is is in the new set and the way that it works is every pack is going to have like one of these shenanigans spells in it and some of and so they're across all the different rarities and stuff like that and the idea is one twofold one is to give people these cool collectible cards to you know buy lots of packs and hang on to i really like the art for the new lightning bolt in fact and, you know, for, for me, like, I just want four of those lightning bolts. That's pretty much all I want. Um, I'm presuming they're going to be expensive, though, so we'll find out. 
Bless you. Excuse me. So that is the first piece. There are five colleges at Strixhaven, and I will ever so briefly go over them because they are cool. Uh, there is uh, Lorehold, which is the College of Archaeomancy, and that's red and white. Uh, I like them because they have dwarves that use scroll cases as rifles. That's it. So we got really um they yeah. And so what's neat is all of them have a mascot too, and the mascot for the College of Archaeomancy is spirits. They are archaeologists, so they deal with uh the dead, but not in a bad way, right? They bring they evoke spirits of nature and from their history and they fight stuff. Um this thing looks so cool. I will I would love it. Uh next is the Prismari, which is blue and red, and they are artists. So for them, everything is about an expression of the beauty of their magic. It's a little chaotic, but they, you know, it's chaotic like dancing, right? You know, it's like jazz. They're just, you know, everybody is, you know, all these cards that feature these, uh, you know, that that feature the students, because some of them don't, are them kind of whirling around either the battlefield or school, and they're, they're literally dancing while doing all sorts of crazy fire and lightning and stuff like that. Um, they have really flashy outfits and it looks really awesome. Uh, next is Quandrix, which is the College of Numeromancy. This is they're the nerds. What I really like about them is their patron dragon. Um, for them, it's all about math and it's all about you know studying the mysteries of the universe. Um, their dragon, all of them, these all these schools have a big dragon in them. Dragons are a big deal in magic. Dragons are a big okay. deal in everything. Um, Pretty much. His his card has one of those impossible shapes, like the 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 triangle that just shouldn't happen, and right. that's like kind of their theme is that. A lot of stuff is going on that just shouldn't because they're just studying the mysteries of the universe, which is really cool. Um, next is uh, Silver Quill, which is the College of Eloquence. It's black and white, which is not normally how you see black and white working together. And for them, everybody is – these are the leaders. These are like their charismatic public speakers. These are the people that are inspiring people to do great deeds, but also kind of puppet masters, that kind of thing, which is very cool. Again, the art, all these characters, all the students are wearing, you know, black you know, stark black and white costumes. Uh, well, uniforms is probably the right word with really cool capes and everybody's, you know, mean in business. And lastly is Witherbloom, the college of life and death. And it really, they just got like the nerds that just want to play in the dirt. And then they got the nerds <laughs> that want to like animate the dead out of the dirt. And somehow they all coexist. Um, so, and all of, and what's interesting is these are color combinations that have existed forever, right? And have been given names in other sets. But here we have five new expressions. Wizards is really leaning all into them being colleges. If you go to the Wizards Pro Shop right now, you can actually buy retro college t-shirts uh, <laughs> with each of these colleges on them with their different logos. Uh, I think it is uh, so yes, I will absolutely be wearing a Lorehold shirt at some point by the end of the year. Um, so this is this set comes out on April twenty third. It will be available okay. a little bit before that on Magic the Gathering Arena, which is available on mobile right now. And these sets you'll be able to pick up soon. They come in the standard stuff that you would normally buy in you know how you normally buy Magic cards. If you like Commander, which is essentially like Magic the Gathering, the board game is how I like to think of it. Each of these colleges has their own commander deck and so there are five of them that are being released that you can buy they're going to retail for 
$39.99, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not. And considering what you got in there and all of them are going to like, there will be a lore hold commander deck and a Prismari commander deck designed to really let you explore the flavor of whatever college you want to rep. And uh, I am very excited for those. And those will be coming out on the 23rd also. And those are everywhere. Like you should be able to see those at Walmart, Target and friendly local game stores. Yeah, that's it. I didn't make, I didn't put you to sleep, Linda. Nope. I didn't doze off. I mean, (laughs) is it just because you're on camera? Maybe a little. It's because you're on camera and you didn't want to like, you didn't want to like lean back. (laughs) It it looks bad if you doze off in the middle of a, the, yeah, the, the yeah. live stream. You, you want to show some respect. I get it. And I, I appreciate that. So if you are interested in that set, there is a whole bunch of stuff already spoiled. So you can go to magic.wizards.com and find it, the image gallery. I think the whole thing is is spoiled by now. So you can look at every card or at least most of them. We are not going to do that here. Although maybe for the next <laughs> set, I'll do a live stream with my brother and we'll go, we'll, we'll go deep dive into the magic stuff because now that we can do stuff on Twitch, there are no cops. We can do whatever we want. If you would want us to do a set review of a magic set and you're in the chat, let us know and we will make that happen. I will find someone to get on here with me and we'll do a full set review. We'll go card by card if we got to. That sounds fun. (laughs) If you want to see me be wrong about something, let me evaluate cards for whether they're good or not. (laughs) Boy, I get the obvious ones, but the ones that I'm generally wrong in the middle, you know, there's the ones that are like, oh, that's good because they made it good on purpose. The accident ones, man. (laughs) All right. So we got one. We have one vote from a guy who's not even here. That's all right. Mega mom, you know, Mega mom has my back and she knows him as well as anyone. So, so that's, I did my job. I sold okay. strict saving. I didn't put it. Linda to sleep. Well played. <laughs> Linda, tell me, Linda. So I did my job. Okay. So then my turn. Yes. Yeah, your turn. Let me fix your window. Cause your window's got a mind of its own again. Oh, this geez. is the meme. I broke you, the internet. You were behaving all the whole show up until oh you're doing you did so it funny i'm just gonna keep leave you here and keep fixing you linda you did your okay. homework about the 2021 american yeah. tabletop award winners so do you mean it's kind of just yeah let's talk about it i mean i guess the first thing we got to talk about well, is what are these things right right well i had honestly didn't know a ton about the american tabletop awards so you know doing my typical thing, I went and looked it up. And what I didn't realize is how new they were. The American Tabletop Awards, this is only the third year they've been announcing winners. And the background on this organization is they wanted to start a American organization that features games and excellent games and kind of their own organization from America since we've got a few from other countries. So they wanted to represent this part of the world. And so they came together and the first year um, was the, I'm just trying to pull up, uh, the 2018-2019 was the first year that they um, put out winners. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the, they announced in 2019, 2020, and then now we have 2021. And they look for games published the previous calendar year. So all these games that we're going to talk about um, were published in 2020, which is also part of the reason we haven't put our hands on many of these games because it was such a unique year. Yeah. This will likely never happen again because in in a lot of cases we will have either bought them or had or had them sent to us. So this will be a this is a, a unique year where we'll be talking a little bit about games that we have not played. 
It's true. But, and uh, the challenge of the game industry too is there's so much. Yeah. So many games come out. It's almost impossible to play everything that is excellent because there's just so much that comes out. Um, so the American Tabletop Awards feature four categories. We have early games, casual games, strategy games, and complex games. And what I thought was interesting as I was going through the winners, they also have two recommended uh, recommended games in each category, two nominated games in each category. As we went down that list, I knew most of the games from the early gamers category. I knew some of the casual ones. I knew less on the strategy, and I really didn't know the um, complex games. Wow. So it was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with what we focus on. I just Correct. thought it was kind of funny. Like that really, it just showed where's our focus as, you know, games that we look for personally mm-hmm. and for to share with our, our viewers. So I guess so, we got we to gotta start with the early gamers category. We start. Cause we, Absolutely. Because this is number one. It's our bread and butter. But also, man, you know, looking over this list, this is this is. This top five, right? The winner, the two recommended, and the two nominated are pretty good. They are. And these are ones that we've at least, if we haven't played, we've at least gotten to see these. Again, these are ones we focus on because it's our kind of our core demographic. Absolutely. So the winner for early games yeah. is Abandon All Artichokes by Game Right Games. And this is one that we did actually get to see at um, Toy Fair way back a year ago before the Fire Nation attacked. And the Fire Nation was readying their attack, in fact. Yep. Um, and yeah, this is an absolutely cool set deconstruction game. I know we've talked about it a bunch already. Um, it's gotten a lot of accolades for how unique it is, but also how approachable it is, how cute it is, how quick it is to learn. Yeah. It just really checks a lot of boxes for young or casual gamers. Sure. Absolutely. So I, man, how crazy is it that we actually like, this is probably one of the last games we saw at toy fair. And that was like one of the last things we did. I mean, literally the last thing. I mean, I think you and I, when we said, when we parted ways after Toy Fair, I think we both mutually agreed, see you when this is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Abandon All Artichokes, man, when they showed us this game, yeah. I remember talking to the PR you know, person, Nora from Game Right. It's always our favorite visit because she's so nice and we always love their games. I remember the two of us looking at each other when we walked away from that booth. And I don't I don't remember who said it first, but we both came to the conclusion that thing's going to be big. And we were right, at least in regards to this award. Uh, so Abandon All Artichokes. The idea is it's a deck deconstruction game in that the goal is to discard all your cards. And so you are trying to get rid of the artichokes in your hand. So you're picking up other vegetables that have other powers that let you do shenanigans. Um, it is, man, it is so cool. There's not a lot of games like it. And it is, uh, you know, it's got that game right style, that game right flavor. And yeah, that that particular mechanic of picking up things that help you dump cards and get rid of them. Super cool. Super cool. So that's Abandon All Artichokes. Um, You know, moving down to the recommended category, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about Hughes and Clues, which is a game that's really an interesting story because I got to watch this game go through all the different phases of its development. This was developed by Scott Brady, who he works with the stay-at-home games uh, people. 
right? Like that's kind of what he helped run. But he ran the stay at home games. Uh, another big piece of what they do is they do like consumer electronics. They do like a lot of stuff. And so he made this game. Hughes and Clues is a party game where you are essentially trying to describe colors on a board and you're trying, you know, you're it's kind of like code names in that you're trying to get people to, you know, pick up put pieces down at certain places, et cetera. And so you're carefully describing colors because you want them to land in the right place, right? Um, and the board is just a super awesome, just grid with, it looks like the uh, paint section at Home Depot. And really um, I, I remember, because I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I remember when Scott announced that he got picked up by the OP to get published. And... They, they have put their full weight behind this game, you know, as far as like their marketing and they had a really nice display at Toy Fair for this game mm-hmm. and some of their digital presence over the summer where they were promoting it, um, the same thing. So Houston Clues, if you are – if you're looking for a party game that is um, – not just your typical, you know, we've, we've done plenty of those. What's, you know, what's your meme and, you know, whatever other alternatives to Cards Against Humanity you might want. Like if you're looking for something else <laughs> and, you know, maybe words is not necessarily your family's thing because code names is, is always an option. Hughes and Clues is another alternative or just throw it in the stack right along with them and give you another option. I really just like this game's board presence for no reason other than I just really dig the, you know, holodeck look of these just squares with all of all the different colors on it. And yes, I said holodeck yesterday was first contact day. I can't help myself. So in different corners of the forest. Listen, (laughs) definitely different colors of the different corners of the forest. I can't argue with that. It's true. All right. So the next, uh, the second recommended book in the early gamers category is Dragomino. So for those of you that have played King Domino, they, even though that's a very simple streamlined game, they've actually streamed it down for the littler kids. This one's now for five and up. And this is just a really cool game. They've taken the concept and the basic mechanics of King Domino, where you're laying tiles and trying to collect matching areas and get the most points. And they've made it even simpler because as you go, you're trying to collect dragon eggs. So there's that instant reinforcement. Um, This is a great little game. It brings in that dragon theme. Like we talked about dragons are everywhere. Um, It's always a popular theme, regardless of the age. And they took a really amazing game that was an award winner with King Domino. And they really scaled it down to make it friendly for those you know, beginning readers. And this game is so awesome that I actually, um, speaking of a spoiler, updated our recommendations for ages three, I'm um, sorry, five to seven, the beginning readers. And this is on there because yeah. it's such an excellent new title that it's yeah. worth highlighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well-deserved. Now we'll talk about some of the nominated. Um, I, yeah. I got to talk about Dungeon Drop. How of course cool you is do. that, man? Listen, a little bit of, uh, I have seen Dungeon Drop through every phase of its development. Speaking of games that I have watched, I was, I still remember meeting with Jason Maselli from Phase Shift Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
at a restaurant in Plainville, Connecticut. I was eating a Cuban sandwich when he showed this game off to me. I knew this game was going to was going to be bananas from the second he dropped the stuff on the table. I was like, "Wow." And then when he showed me the cubes, the cube boxes that they come in, wow. Um and so they actually have an expansion coming for this. This is like this That's is a so whole cool. thing. This and also mm-hmm. it's published by Game Right. Another game, right? So, Two of them in the early gamers category. Yeah. So that is Dungeon Drop. Don't mind uh, my son sneezing in the background. Uh, we do this live here, folks, everybody. It's true. So, not a close set. Yeah, exactly. So the so that's Dungeon Drop. There's not much for me to say other than the idea is it is a it is a unique mechanic that you will not see in any other game. You are literally dropping cubes on your tabletop, and uh, those cubes, the different colored cubes, form rooms in a dungeon. And the idea is you identify them and pick up you pick up all the treasure in a given room and you collect points at the end. There's different races, there are different classes. It is adorable. The art is awesome, and yeah, so that's dungeon drop. That's an amazing game. I'm so glad it made this list. It really deserves it. Yeah. Okay. Then last one in the early games category that was nominated is Zombie Teens with a Z Evolution. So this is actually the sequel to um, Zombie Kids Evolution that we've talked quite a bit about, which is a very basic legacy game meant to be played with younger players. Um, If I remember correctly, the Zombie Kids was for ages seven and up. Zombie Teens, they've only brought it up to digits for ages eight and up. Um, and so it is a legacy game. So you're playing in increments and they say it's about 20 minutes per playing segment. Um, Cause obviously you're going to play more episodes as you go. So this is a little bit, it's a sequel to zombie kids and it's a little more strategic. It is a new game. And according to what's been put out, I unfortunately haven't gotten my hands on this one yet, but it is compatible with the original game as well. Then what's neat with this is it takes the gameplay outside of the school. In Zombie Kids, they are fighting zombies inside the school. Well, now it has gone out into the town. So now the Whoa. kids are having to battle across the town. So that's brought it up kind of to the next step. So in come the teens to battle across town. So it sounds like Zombie Kids is just an absolutely fantastic game. And so I'm very excited to delve into this and see how it is similar and how it differentiates from the zombie kids version. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Let's move on to the casual games. Sure. And I think that'll be it for us. Cause after, cause when we move on to the next categories, it gets intense guys. It really it's does. Intense. Although I really want to play Calico real bad. It looks so cool. It's the game that won uh, for the strategy game. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you're building a quilt for a cat to nap on, and it just looks so, so cute. cute. Yeah, the, the box art is literally a kitten on a quilt, everybody. It's super so, sweet. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So let's go to casual games, and then we'll call it on that one. The winner... The game we talked about just earlier on today. I guess mm-hmm. that was a spoiler. It is the, big spoiler. the crew, the quest for Planet Nine. That's a big deal. I mean, this is, is. Um, considering it's only $15. That's a lot of value and quality for 15 bucks. It is. It really is. And it's one that is approachable. Again, we played it with an eight-year-old, almost nine, and the 10 and up was the recommended. Now, granted, we haven't gotten into the complex missions. So maybe as we get more complicated, that age will show more. But 
but it should be, it's going to be neat to see as we go through again, we're just, we're just, we've dipped our toe in. So we'll have to see as we go, you know, I'll have to report back as we go back into it if the age recommendation as you advance uh, becomes more pertinent. Sure, but I, I, this that does help that this is a game that kind of you learn as you play. So I'm exactly. sure that, that will probably help. So moving on. So, um, you know, one of these, uh, one of them is uh, Monstrosity. Not monstrosity, monstrosity, M-O-N-S-D-R-A-W. Yeah, a little play on words there. This is a, and so the idea is draw is, uh, this is a drawing-based party game. So you are, so the the text here just says identify monsters based on mostly accurate descriptions in this drawing-based party game. So my guess is, I have not played this, but I definitely want to, considering how art-focused my my house is. Um, this is one that I am going to find, and we are going to report back on this. But this is we, we're going to have a whole bunch of kids drawing up monsters. Uh, um, I I'll be honest, this is the first time I had ever heard of this game, and that's one of the reasons why these awards are so great, right? Giving people uh, information. So I'm not going to pretend like I know what this game is. All I know is that I'm going to get it. In fact, let's look now. And is it available on the Amazon? Everybody, it is. And it wouldn't is. you know, it sold it's out. only 22 bucks. <laughs> wow, that's not bad. Um, and there's an expansion that has a cute creatures expansion. So that's a yoink. Yeah. We got stuff to say. We got stuff to say. Oh, man, the cover no, is so cool. It. It's so cute um, looking. Yeah, it looks like... I don't know. I don't, honestly, I have no idea how you're playing this game. I don't really care. I have an artist in my house. You do. You have a couple artists. Oh, Let's man. be honest. You know, you know what? Speaking of that, like, you know, my my middle kid has he has been doing crazy stuff that I didn't expect to be possible. But then our eight year old yesterday was drawing our 12 year old yesterday and she caught me off guard because she drew the face as an oval first of all not as a circle okay. and right. then was doing like the light drawing to do like the cross to show like where his eyes should be and i was like wow oh. you're gonna be a better artist than me that's impressive um now admittedly i'm terrible but she's probably gonna be the best artist in the house it's pretty impressive we got a competition going yeah so anyway that is monstrosity We'll be able to talk more about that on Engage Family mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's a perfect fit for our what, what we focus on. Yes. The other recommended one, Nova Luna. I had never heard of this one either. I don't know if you had, Steve. I have But not. this one hasn't hit my radar either. And I'm looking at it, and it's beautiful. It's a moon-themed abstract strategy tile-laying game. It looks really neat. You've got the different phases of the moon going around and – I mean, again, this is one I don't know anything about aside from what I just looked up, but it just looks really cool. Very pretty. Um, another one is on Amazon. Uh, it's a little more pricey. It's uh, about $42 right now. But it's if you like tiling, if you like abstract strategy, this might be one that you check out because being an award winner means people that know games and have played a lot of games found this one coming to the top of the pile. So yeah. definitely one to keep an eye on and try to get our hands on. It looks really cool. It does look really cool. The kind of neat theme with it. Yeah. I think the, the, the board is a little busy. It's like this interesting like ring on your mm-hmm. cards around it. But it yeah, it looks really it looks really neat. So um next is 
Uh, the two nominated, they didn't really give us any descriptions. And again, these are things that we had not heard about. I've seen Chai, mm-hmm. but I have not been able to play it. I don't know who made that. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen Chai. I definitely have seen Chai around. That's one that definitely has come to the surface more within the board game groups we follow and yeah. that we've seen a lot more of. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't uh, remember. Very much out of print. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. The uh, well, the deluxe edition is available on uh, the uh, deluxe edition, at least, is available on Amazon for eighty five dollars. Um, mm. But the you're making tea. That much I know. You're collecting ingredients. You're making tea. You're buying cool stuff. It's a. It is eight plus. There's a solo variant on this one. It looks really mm-hmm. cool, but you know. Not $85 worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to really love tea and really know that you're going to like it for that kind of price point. Yeah. Um, in contrast, the other one that was nominated, uh, not one that I heard of, this one looks fascinating, Rosetta, The Lost Language. Um, and so I looked that one up and because I'm like, okay, we know Rosetta Stone, like we've heard of that from history. We know about the Rosetta Program for Language Learning. It's, so I was... When I first saw that on there, it, I, how did you know that tie into a board game? I mean, it's true you can make a board game of almost anything, and they did. So you are what you're doing in Rosetta, the Lost Language, is you are use deciphering ancient symbols as a team using creative clues. That's what the descriptor of it says. So it's a drawing and guessing game for two or more players. It's team oriented, so it sounds like it would be a cooperative game or at least cooperative cooperative ish. Um, and it just it looks really interesting, especially if you like language things and that that trying to figure things out and deciphering things. Um, it just is a really interesting concept. And apparently it's already won another award, the 2020 Toy and Game Award from Popular Mechanics. So this is the second award that I can see that's been awarded to this game. So that's really an interesting, you know, that has already gotten two awards. So. I think this might be one to keep our eye on as something unique yeah. and different. And who would have known Popular Mechanics giving up board game awards? Yeah, board games awards. You know <laughs> what? Everybody does. Everybody's getting into it now. Um, it's true. You know, you start to see lots of places talking about board games because of how big they've gotten. Uh, case in point, I mean, Engage Family Gaming, not supposed to talk about board games when we got started, but now it's like half of our content. <laughs> so, um, so that is, so then those are the, um, that's it. Those are the two awards. Just to give out the winners for the right. other two categories, I think that's worthwhile. Um, the winner for strategy game is Calico, and it is a tile laying game where, again, you are building a quilt, trying to essentially build a good enough quilt for a cat to nap on. It is a puzzle. It's got some puzzle elements. It is freaking adorable. I've seen pictures of this on Instagram. I've seen unboxings on TikTok. Everywhere that I have seen this game, I have been, uh, I have adored it uh, because it really looks absolutely cool. It gives me, from a tiling perspective, uh, and this is going to sound somewhat, I think this might be, people are going to think I'm, I'm crazy when I say stuff like this, but this really 
gives me a uh like a like a saikatsu feel in that it is really mm. pretty the table it just looks awesome on the table i have no idea how it plays obviously these people like it <laughs> um but right. every time i look at it i'm like oh man this looks so cool and so adorable it is not available on amazon at all but it is let's yeah it's unavailable on amazon so this is one of those ones you're gonna have to work to get it is uh it's from flat out games and can you buy it directly from them? It's the colors are a little brighter than what I might. It would have been perfect on Easter. Yeah, this looks really cool. I'm very excited to get my hands on this one uh, at some point. This was kickstarted too. Um, oh, neat. So that is, oh, it's from, you buy it from Alterac. That's right. That's right. I knew you could buy it. You buy it from Alterac directly and it's $40, which really is not okay, bad. Okay, that's not too bad um, now. Yeah, that and, puts it within the realm of reality. So for most people, this, this is how popular it is. The second print run, which is which arrived in mid March, is already sold out. There is a third print wow. run coming in four to six months. So by the end of the year. Um, so keep your eye out on this one, folks. I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about this one towards the end of the year. And the last one, and this is the complex games. That's Dominations, The Road to Civilization. I did not really hear about this game until very recently when I started seeing it. And this is a more or less a civilization building game where you are laying down tiles and there's lots of crunchy pieces and lots of stuff going on. You're laying down these triangle type tiles, trying to uh, connect different colors. And that creates, I don't even know what. But it looks really cool. I, it really it feels does. Like this, this is a game that feels like I'm way too stupid to play, but I'll probably <laughs> end up playing it at some point anyway. But it, you're building a city, you're building a civilization, one triangle at a time. And it right. Looks, it looks pretty wild. It looks neat if you're looking for something crunchy and you know very involved. I think that's really because, yeah. and as we've said, like these really, it, it goes down through as we go through these different categories, the complexity level goes up, the time commitment goes up. Um, yeah. So this is definitely a very crunchy game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the recommended is uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which is one that I will be talking about relatively soon. Right. So Linda, we did it. We did. We made it through episode 259 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Thank you, everybody in the chat, for being there with us. Thank you very much for everybody who has been listening on audio services around the globe. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening as much as Linda and I enjoyed recording. We'll be back next week to talk about video games. More likely than not, Linda's going to sit that one out, and that's okay. Probably. She's she's uh, she's pretty busy. <laughs> Amanda and I, uh, who knows? There's just so much to talk about. I'm, I'm sure we're going to yell about all the new things we're finding out about E3, and because that's that that's the excitement du jour. So everybody, I hope you have a great week. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.